They may be drinkers, Robin, but they're also human beings. The Wrestling Life. Hey, everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. It's episode 316. We are at the end of October of 2022. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, we have so much to talk about this week. And as always, so many things we can't talk about on this, the first and still the only wrestling podcast. Start off with uh, the with the downer here, and uh, just pass along condolences to our show's favorite wrestler, Kevin Nash, who lost his twenty uh, six year old son Tristan today. Um, not sure of his circumstances; doesn't matter. Terrible thing for any family to go through, and um, very sorry for for Kevin and his his family and their loss. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, just horrid and yeah just about the i'm sure the worst thing that a, that a parent can go through so uh best wishes to him and and to his wife and uh and uh, the, the whole rest of the family there it's just yeah just awful news to see on a much lighter note wwe is continuing to build to crown jewel which is coming up in about two weeks time here AEW has kind of started the build to full gear. There was a Tuesday Night War this week. NXT and Dynamite head-to-head. Dynamite's numbers were dinged quite a bit. NXT was actually up in the demo, maybe dinged a little bit over in overall viewers, but... Wednesday night war the or Tuesday night war this week rather. Mm-hmm. Um made for uh made for made for some interesting television. Uh unfortunately Hangman Page suffered a, a severe concussion. Hangman Page suffered a severe concussion in his main event title match against John Moxley. They had to cut the match short by about seven minutes or so. They had to do some, but anyway, live television, anything can happen. And it was definitely an anything can happen kind of episode of, of dynamite this week. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was fun. Um, WWE put like every main roster person they could think of on, uh, on NXT. And, and so you had a little bit more interest in that show than it might have on a normal week. And then at the same time you had dynamite on not its regular night. And then you also obviously had some, some pretty stiff competition from a whole mess of live sports. So, I mean, if, if you're WWE and you're NXT, you're probably happy that you just kind of kept things at level. Um, I mean, obviously you don't load the show up like that because you want to lose to the other wrestling show that's coming onto your night. But it could have been worse. And if you're dynamite, I mean, maybe that's what you expect for a night where you're going up again on your not regular night and you're going up against another wrestling show and a bunch of sports competition, which the live sport seems to hurt dynamites, at least in total viewers more than more than it does a lot of WWE shows, or at least that's how it was in the, in the previous uh, wrestling war that we went through and from 2019 to 21. So I mean, yeah, from the business side of things, I think everybody can kind of come away from this with their with their positive narratives there. But yeah, as far as Dynamite as a show went, 
it was there was some good wrestling on the show and I thought it had a little bit more life to it maybe than the last uh the last few weeks of dynamite it feels like maybe they're getting into a little bit of a rhythm they have their kind of big established storylines going into this next pay-per-view which I guess they're we're about a month out so they're gonna finally start trying to build to it um <laughs> And uh, yeah, I thought I thought the the women's match and and post match brawl was was really entertaining and felt felt like kind of a, a hot deal. And then you had, uh, like I said, obviously the main event not what anybody wanted to see with with Hangman getting hurt. It's one of those weird things where the next day when it was clear that he had a concussion, uh, everyone is going, "Oh, thank God!" because uh, it looked he was not moving at all. <laughs> Um, and that obviously your, you, your mind starts to go towards the way that the freak way that somebody like TJ Wilson or, or somebody like that has, has broken their necks in, in the ring before it wasn't some, it wasn't a pile driver, or some dramatic bump. It was just kind of this awkward landing or, or, you know, years of wear and tear building up. So I think there was a lot of fear of what his long-term health could be. And again, not the concussions or anything to sneeze at. We've obviously seen, you know, Adam Cole be sidelined basically for, you know, going on four or five months now with, with his. So it's not as if the concussion is, is great news, but considering uh, for a moment there, you, you start going through your head of all the, the terrible things that could be, could be happening when someone goes down and just doesn't get up and, and uh, just the fact that all that happened was that he was he was knocked out and has a has a concussion is, uh, you know, it's a weird it's a weird sigh of relief, but it's a sigh of relief nonetheless. So MJF and Moxley, they have uh, started MJF's babyface turn and. Uh, he's. Cashing in his chip at full gear. So MJF and Moxley is the next program. And the weird money in the bank chip that they never said specifically was a money in the bank chip. It could be cashed in anywhere at any time. Will be cashed in at uh, at full gear. So we have a match for that show. Um, MJF, do you think this is a baby face turn? And... Um, what do you think of uh, the segment with him and William Regal on uh, on Dynamite this week? Um, yeah. So as far as it being a babyface turn, I kind of hope it is. Um, for a couple reasons. One, people want to cheer him, and I'm a pretty big believer that if somebody's getting over, don't try to swim upstream against it. Um, people want to cheer this guy, and yeah, he can go out and do the the local sports team promo and and get himself some some booze and yeah maybe if he's in there with the right baby face he can get booed but feels like everybody is you know really embraced him as you know uh, the homegrown guy and and they feel like it's his time and you're feel like you're watching a guy ascend to the top of the card so i think you could just go with it um and that would be fine and my second reason would be that they're and this is not a problem exclusive to uh, to AEW, but um, I, there's been a lot of angles on this show recently where they tease a babyface turn, and then the person doesn't turn. Yes. Um, just recently, obviously, the big one being Daniel Garcia uh, the other week. Also had it with Jay Lethal on this show. You had it with Jamie Hayter not too long ago. 
Um, so I think just for a change of pace, if for no other reason, if you're going to tease MJF, the the whole bit of the the promo, which people a lot of people seem to like it. I thought it was good. I thought it was very good. I thought it was probably the best thing Regal's been involved in, other than his flirtation with Excalibur. Uh, probably the best thing Regal's done since he's been in the company. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's, people really reacted to that, and um, and it, yeah, the whole the whole crux of it being that uh, regal's telling him to for the first time in his life he should try to earn it fair and square and he is seemingly agreeing to those terms by by not cashing it in after john moxley has already wrestled or whatever um which is apparently a thing he could do with that chip um (laughs) and uh and so yeah i I mean I, i think it's it's a basic but pretty simple and compelling story and you, I think it's a, it's probably the biggest match you can book between people, uh, you know, short of CM Punk <laughs> versus Kenny Omega. And, and I don't think that match is happening soon. So of your full time unsuspended guys uh, feels like maybe the biggest match they can make right now is John Moxley and MJF. So, yeah, I think the, the top of the card is 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 feels uh, feels like it's shaping up all right for this next pay-per-view. And. And yeah, I, I just reiterate, been a lot of a lot of swerves on our way to babyface turns lately. So I would just would just be totally fine with seeing a guy uh, just just do it, just just do the babyface turn. That would be fine. Speaking of CM Punk, uh, his good friend Ace Steel has officially been released from AEW. In the first news of kind of what happened to the guys from the brawl after All Out. Well, the first domino has fallen. Uh, we've seen, well, I guess we've seen Brandon Cutler return to television. Uh, Pat Buck returned to his role backstage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now uh, East Steel uh, let go. So, it, you know, at least he went out doing what he loved, which was taking a big old chomp out of Kenny Omega's flesh. I don't know what we can add. <laughs> I just like, yeah, you're an official. The, the only note I thought of interest was, I guess, that uh, Dave on, on the board or on Observer Radio or something said that a steel did not expect to be fired. Um, and I would just ask how if you were an official in a company and uh, there was a fight and you uh, bite someone, how you could expect to keep your job. But, you know different strokes i don't i wasn't there i don't know the the specifics of what happened so i just thought that was a, that was an interesting little flavor to the story was that he that uh that that Acea was apparently caught off guard by this by this uh judgment coming down and being passed on him for his uh his actions alleged actions huh what do you know about that um wwe in the week we were off here uh re-signed the good brothers uh, all the stars are here uh, somehow the good brothers ended up double booked on <laughs> the most milk toast pro wrestlers in the world ended up double booked by two of the three biggest companies in the world on the same day. 
And one of them has a singles title in New Japan, and they're booked for Saudi Arabia the same day. By the way, we got to do that Good Brothers match in Saudi Arabia. We can't just wait another three and a half weeks and do it at War Games. Mm-mm. It has to be in Saudi Arabia. It's very important. It's very important that uh, that has to be done there. Yeah. So on one hand, I can admire um, what Triple H seems to be doing. And it's uh, keeping his word, trying to go back and, and keep his word to people that uh, he tricked <laughs> more or less imply would always have jobs. Mm hmm. On the other hand, I hate the Good Brothers. <laughs> and I don't think it adds anything to the company to have Carl uh, Anderson and Luke Gallows back to uh, to be tackling dummies for AJ Styles in a feud with AJ Styles against AJ Styles and his lackeys against Finn Balor and his lackeys. It just does nothing for me. Yeah, it feels like I don't know if they just missed the time on when people would have cared about AJ and Finn feuding. <laughs> but yeah, it feels like maybe even three or four years ago, this would have been like a really big deal and everybody would have been super into the idea. Um, but now it's just it's it's just a, a match. And yeah, Good Brothers as the the baby face friends of, of AJ Styles. Uh, I don't I don't think that's playing to their strengths uh, if, they, if they have any at this point in their career. Like, no, I mean, Luke Gallows can be funny. We've you know, it's whatever. Just replay what we said when we talked about them showing up on AEW last year. Luke Gallows is kind of funny sometimes in, uh, you know, in backstage segments and stuff. Uh, Carl Anderson had had really good matches in 2012. Uh <laughs> It is now the year 2022, almost the year 2023. And uh, neither one of them are, are doing a lot for the for the on-screen product of, of World Wrestling Entertainment. Yeah. So uh, beyond that, not a lot going on in WWE. <laughs> we are, uh, we're building to Logan Paul and Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, Seth Rollins is uh, the United States champion and uh, Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar are going to have a scuffle in, uh, in Saudi Arabia. We got Brock back for another uh, Saudi Arabia payday. So there you go. And uh, they can, he can, uh, we can have the, uh, the trilogy match with, uh, with Bobby and Brock. I guess it's not a trilogy. I guess they did one singles match. Bobby won. Mm-hmm. And then Brock won the title back in a, in a multi-person match, but some it's uh it's uh, it's two big mean guys having a big big mean guy match uh, in uh, in Saudi Arabia, and maybe the atmosphere will be better for this one, and uh, maybe I'll actually get a chance to see this one because it's on a Saturday, and not on a Thursday morning at eleven a.m. and uh, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I. Uh... I, the only other note we didn't I don't think we did a show after the the, the last pay-per-view. Uh Bianca's still the raw champ. Yeah. And she's still feuding with Bailey for some reason. Yep. Um, well, the answer, the reason is because there is no one else. <laughs> right. Um, so we're just kind of doing stuff, I guess, hold holding a holding pattern until you get 
to again to war games but you know maybe they'll they'll get their they'll get their token women's match on uh on that show as well i'm sure uh, for the uh you know proving that equality is alive and well in the kingdom of saudi arabia yeah so very clearly they have uh war games uh in in the future there whether it's Three on three with Bianca and Asuka and Alexa against uh, the damage control lasses, or if they add more people to that feud, I'm not sure. And they do four on four, I don't know. Um, but I think we have a pretty clear idea of of the war games, and it's just a matter of how many the war games matches are they going to do. Right, because you you would think it's like. AJ and, and his guys and Edge probably against Finn Balor and, and his guys. Oh wait, they need they need a fourth man, I guess. Um yeah. Well you could yeah. You could do Yeah, you would you would need other guys. I was gonna say even if they do a mixed thing with, with Beth in there. I don't know how you do a mixed war games match either. But, yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, I don't know. I mean, you could also right the women's one seems obvious that it's going to be, be Bianca and some amount of <laughs> of partners against Damage Control, and maybe Damage Control will have to add a fourth person before Survivor Series. But um, yeah, the men's side, it's like I mean, you have a you have like eight guys in Roman Reigns's stable now. Yeah, so you could do you know Drew and and whoever else isn't doing anything. Sheamus, Drew and Drew and Carrion still did a uh, they did a car crash angle on uh, on SmackDown last week. So Classic. I think I think uh, I think Drew and uh, Carrion in a single is still ultimately where we're going here. Very very possible. So then maybe you you do like Sheamus and and his guys and a fourth, oh, yeah. and a fourth person against against Roman and the Usos and Sammy, or you just run back the the. Brawling brutes and the uh, Imperium again in a oh yeah in the war games maybe just every match will be war games every they they've built up a lot of feuds that involve multiple people and they could very easily have a war games match so you know did TNA do that one year they just did every match was like a lockdown the whole lockdown pay per view was all cage matches that's right that's right yeah but. I think it's uh, I think there's a lot of time and attention that is that has been put into building a lot of these feuds in WWE. On the other hand, they've been going on since uh, SummerSlam on July 30th. And we're coming up on uh, uh, the end of October now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, maybe it's maybe it's time to we, we move some of these along a little bit. Yeah, I think it's just you got just something. It's just it, there's nothing wrong with the the weekly TVs in between, but yes, it is, you know, Candice pinned pinned Bailey, and then the next week, Candice and and Bianca lost to uh, EO and Dakota, and it's just okay. It's very uh, one of those wrestling GM sim games. Like, all right, uh, yes, this side goes over this week, the other side goes over the next week, and even even Steven every week until the pay per view. Yes, it's very much, uh, very much the way things seem to be going here. But uh, okay, uh, New Japan 
whatever. <laughs> Nothing there's lighting my world on fire. They just headlined a show with Jay White against Tamatanga. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Doing Jay White Nokata again at the Tokyo Dome this year. Yep. Yep. They're running back to back pay per views in the United States next week. Uh, Thursday night, a mystery card, and then <laughs> hey, let's just let's just everybody run up against the most watched wrestling program in the country. Let's run a pay per view at eight p.m. on a Friday night. This is the tactic of both New Japan and Impact Wrestling. What? <laughs> <laughs> yep, brilliant. And then yeah, you got you got SmackDown at eight, and then Rampage at ten, and then. Uh, why? Yeah, why? Why would you? If you're, yeah, if you're New Japan, why would you? Why would you expect, especially? But yeah, I, you just <laughs> nothing. Yeah, nothing about uh, New Japan lights lights the uh, lights the world on fire. You know, I was I was thinking. Uh, I think we were talking about this a little bit off the air recently. It's like it's really time for them to pick a couple of these. They're I don't even know if you can call them young lions anymore. <laughs> But like a you know a Yu a Yuyamura or you know uh, you know Shota or somebody, and just just give them the big old heave ho. All right, like it's time. You desperately need new blood, and a guy like moving like Tamatanga or Evil or somebody back into the title picture is not the answer. Like just pick a pick a guy who is younger than thirty seven, and just 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 shove him in there. It's like it's they can work. It might take a little while for them to get reactions like they're a world champion. But, you know, when they had Okada beat Tanahashi for the first time, he was a basically an, a, an unknown at that point. So, uh, yeah, I think it's just time. You just got to shove some new guys through. Uh, Jay White and Okada and has been done to death. Abushi's doesn't appear to be coming back. And if even if he does, he's 40 four and coming off of double shoulder surgery or whatever. So uh yeah, I like you need it's nothing new, but it was just really struck me. It's like you do have younger guys that you could move up the card who aren't completely overexposed the way that most of your top your current top guys and upper mid card guys are, but they just they just haven't as of now. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the state. That's kind of the state of things there. Yeah, they they generally have had a, a big four for years, and it's three Japanese guys and one foreigner. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, the guys that they tapped, they tapped. Uh, their big four were Okada, who is wrestling for the world title, um, Ibushi, who has uh, not been in the company for a year now. Mm-hmm. injuries and uh, feuding with management um, Naito who has had eye surgery this year and is just a physical disaster mm-hmm. at this point and the foreign guy that they picked was Will Ospreay who they gave the world title and then he left the country <laughs> when he was allegedly not that hurt uh last last summer 
And then so now Jay White is their is their foreign guy, but they don't really treat him like a foreign guy. They treat him like one of their own because he came up through the dojo system. So um, bad luck, bad luck, snake bitten, curse promotion, uh, all those things, uh, not lighting anyone's world on fire right now. And then there's impact and they run all their show. <laughs> they run all their pay-per-views on a Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. Dumbest thing I ever heard. Yeah, just last thing on the New Japan front. Uh, one was that I thought Naito uh, got real mouthy about the uh, the the New Japan uh, kowtowing to WWE, I guess, and not just telling Carl to send the belt back at this point, <laughs> um, which I thought was very fun. Um, and then, yeah, as far as far as like another, there's not really any other foreign stars that go i mean they, there's also like you could also promote Hirombu, right like hat is incredibly over with the fan base in japan and people would definitely accept him as a heavyweight but then who is your <laughs> you have one guy and i guess and kashida is out with some <laughs> variety of gold rush era diseases so you can't even like put him back in in the junior heavyweight top spot and and let Hiromu graduate to heavyweight um so yeah kind of just kind of a mess and then then yeah but also like Carl Anderson was a free agent for at least like a few weeks there between when he you know before signing with WWE and you still had the belt on him and you had him pin Hiroshi Tanahashi uh which probably shouldn't happen under any circumstances if if it were my territory but it definitely wouldn't happen to a guy that was about to leave or that you thought might leave. Um, but you know, different strokes. They had a quote unquote verbal agreement with uh, Carl and Luke to work through the, the Tokyo dome. Well, mm-hmm. we're still working on verbal agreements in this business. Mm-hmm. We learned nothing when uh, WWE raided your company seven years ago. <laughs> I was going to say handshake deals. <laughs> remember when, yeah, remember when AJ jumped and like impact speaking of impact, they were like crying because AJ and gals and Anderson had set, had, had had a handshake deal to, to sign with impact before they got the WWE call at the 11th hour. After they were, uh, after they cut all of it, uh, they cut AJ's money. <laughs> uh huh. Right after they had run AJ out of the company and refused, not not just like wouldn't give him a raise, right? Asked him to take a pay cut. Yes, yes. No one knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. That's my that's mm-hmm. my big takeaway here. All right. Uh, anything else you want to get to? No, I think that's uh, that's about it. it. Feels like we're in this weird. I mean, we're in the the traditional dead zone of the year. <laughs> Yeah, which is the 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 post uh, post SummerSlam, and I guess now you could say post post All Out World. So, yeah, uh, you know, we got some some pay per views coming up in November, and then we'll get to, before you know it, the Royal Rumble will be here. But yeah, it feels like we're we're just we're just trudging on through uh, the rest of this this wrestling year before we get to the the Wrestle Kingdoms and the and and the Royal Rumbles and all that fun stuff at the beginning of the new year. So we're. We're just trudging along as as has always been the tradition uh, when we get to about October on the uh, the wrestling calendar. You just have to keep on keeping on. That's right. All right, everybody. Till next time. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. 
We'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Adios. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, here are this week's bonus features. It's a big day for Liam tomorrow. Oh, yeah? Got uh, the, the Gotham Knights video game coming out. Nice. And uh, and then equally, if not more important, is uh, is the new Taylor Swift album dropping. Holy sh! Yeah, the Ravens simply love signing thirty-five-year-old wide receivers, don't they? Ugh, I swear. <laughs> you know, about fifty percent of them have worked out, but uh, it's been a while. Steve Smith, I guess, is probably the last one that worked out. But yeah, uh, before the, or since then, we've had uh, Michael Crabtree, mm-hmm. uh, Sammy Watkins. It's not mm-hmm. thirty, not thirty-five, but past their prime wide receivers. Yes. Um. Yeah, Deshaun Jackson is the uh, it's the latest addition to here in twenty twenty two. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know. They love veterans. The coaching staff loves veterans because they have experience. So you, they don't need to be coached up as much, right? And you can't practice during the <laughs> as much during the week. But the problem is they can't stay on the field. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's the problem with building a uh, build, building your team around veterans. There's also the uh, the underrated part that no one ever talks about that they have because they don't have a long-term uh, agreement with their franchise quarterback, they kind of have to go year to year in the way that they build this roster right now. And um, yeah, as far as augmenting um, the draft, uh, the draft picks, um, there's not a whole lot that they have, they traditionally have done a whole lot of free agency and traditionally they, they can only do one year deals right now because they, they don't know two years from now, three years from now, what they're going to be paying their quarterback. So uh, that is hamstringing them as well. That's a good point. Like you, you can't go out and spend a bunch. If you know, you gotta, (laughs) you're going to have to fork it over Um, or in the nightmare scenario where he walks like you got to go spend on whatever, <laughs> whatever veteran quarterbacks out there. And that's still not going to, you know, it's still not going to necessarily be cheap. So you gotta, you gotta go with the assumption that you're signing like a giant, some signing somebody to a giant contract. Yep. Yep. Um, this team is three and three and they've had double digit uh, leads in the second half of all of three of their losses. It's <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I have a I had a customer that came in and said something to the effect of, "Poor, uh, oh, he keeps playing like he did on Sunday. He ain't gonna get that big contract." I was like, first of all, yes, he is. Second <laughs> of all, <laughs> I was like, what? What? I mean, yeah, in that specific game when he he threw the interception at the end, that is the first time this year 
that like he act you can make an argument that he actively contributed to the loss in the fourth quarter. Yes. But also <laughs> but also it was he also you know got them in a position where they had scored 20 points or whatever and they and and has put up you know minimum of like 30 points a game and i i, I just yeah i don't know i just it right. defense There's, is trash and yeah oh yeah yes perhaps deshaun jackson can play safety <laughs> <laughs> well they uh they went and they spent on a uh on a veteran safety in free agency and uh he promptly got injured after he had like three interceptions in the first three games and then got injured mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so he's on he's on ir <laughs> it's, um we drafted a six foot four safety which is not really a thing but <laughs> but uh he's, he's not even starting <laughs> we we have a first round draft pick who is like used in gadget three safety packages. <laughs> um, and we're starting a guy named Gino Stone as safety <laughs> <laughs> instead of him. Me and some guy named Gino. <laughs> uh, Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters are coming off serious season ending injuries. Mm. <laughs> last year it's so they're they're playing i think peters has played pretty well the last couple weeks Mm -hmm. he was he was bad in week one and he's been okay since but holy tamale yeah just uh no it's uh it's not it's not going to be a fun season it's if they get to the playoffs it's gonna it it's going to be a skinnier teeth game every single week Mm -hmm. and they'll go as far as lamar will take them which Usually is pretty far, but as we saw last week, um, he can't do it all all the time by himself. And he made one of the worst throws I've ever seen in that game last week, and it cost him the game. Right. All the, the defense also cost him the game. But yes, uh, yeah, yeah. Not really saying a whole lot here, just yeah. reiterating. Yeah, just just telling it. Just I, I. It's amazing. It's like uh, there was a Freaky Friday thing, and now the NFC East is like almost all good teams. Well, you know, as good as anyone in the NFL is anymore. Yeah. And, uh, all have like winning records. And they all have a lot of wins. Yeah. They might not be good, but they all have a lot of wins. Yeah. And then uh, and then the the AFC North, it's like, yeah, you go eight and nine this year, you might just you might just squeeze in the playoffs because somebody's got to win this division. Yeah, well, there is there is that. And uh, congratulations to uh, finally, after all these years, uh, we get to play in mediocre division. Because the Steelers have uh, <laughs> they have two quarterbacks, neither of whom is any good. <laughs> so that's nice and a nice nice change of pace. And uh, the Browns had to play the first eleven games of the season with a backup quarterback, <laughs> but eventually they're quarterback might might play mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't know and uh the Bengals is the Bengals. so there you go the 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 clerical error that allowed the Bengals to get to the championship <laughs> game last year has been corrected and <laughs> yes see when they were when they were calculating the wins and losses i think somehow a mistake was made 
<laughs> and they actually were put in the AFC Championship game. Uh huh. Yeah. No. It's, it's like, yeah. It's like you're, you're you're sorting your laundry and you're and then you pull them out of the washer and you're like, how did a how did a red shirt get in with my darks? I don't know. You gotta we gotta make sure I gotta pay more more attention next year. And this year it's like, oh right, all right, Burroughs. <laughs> Bro's getting sacked every other play, <laughs> throwing a bunch of interceptions. Like, all right, now, now we're in the bank. Now, now we're looking at the Bengals. All right, I do miss Marvin Lewis because uh, you count on him to screw up, uh, to have for his teams to have a bunch of stupid penalties. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and it wasn't just always poor play; it was really, really undisciplined play. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> they were always good for a like under three minutes left in the game defensive pass interference call on a third and 26 like <laughs> a thousand percentage this Bengals team while bad is not as fun because it's just like oh they signed their big offseason expenditure was they signed an offensive lineman and he sucks <laughs> they signed <laughs> they signed one of Dallas's offensive vaunted offensive lineman and he sucks like, well that that's not fun it's like that's they they made a mistake in free agency. That's not as fun as they played well and then screwed up the end <laughs> by being by by being dumb. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Miss you, Marvin. Wherever you are. God bless him. <laughs> I am exhausted from 30 nights. No person, even those of us who are superhuman, those of us with Herculean appetites for the diverse and the bizarre. Even those of us who have shown an aptitude to fight the good fight and stave a long battle, even those of us can get tired, and your boy is tired after 30 nights, 30 (laughs) consecutive nights. I have half an hour to go, and I'm going to do that half hour because I'm a pro, and that's what pros do. I'm a professional. Look it up in the book. That's what we do. We're pros. We're never rude and we don't cop out. We don't tell you that we're ill or that we're looking for the farmhouse in the middle of the desert or that we're parched. We don't tell you that maybe the check didn't come through this month and where the hell does it go anyway if your guys left 16 forwarding addresses. So what do you do? What's the answer? Yeah, you're a little perturbed now. Kind of worried about the club. Don't worry about the club. Worry about maybe Jackie, my ha <laughs> nah, don't worry. Okay, just cool it. Life is a breeze. Of course, some breezes, you know, at 110 miles per hour and get promoted up to hurricanes. I just thought I'd pass that along. Speaking of pass along, we're going to pass along now to the newsroom, the mutual newsroom. Hi, it's out there looking downtown, beautiful downtown studios of all the changes of Washington, D.C., the mutual newsroom will get us up to date on the news headlines and we'll come back with more open phone America and we'll have our salute to my man Duke. I take him to one of his favorite places. One of mine too. The town. Cooperstown, New York. This is the Larry King Show in Washington and we'll be right back. I try to keep on keeping on. 